Hi, this is Karen again, and I'm here with Patrick Style. Uh, Patrick is nice enough to come visit with us today. He is a youth director um, at a church, and he wears many, many hats. But the one we want to talk about today is sound engineer. Um, Patrick, when did you learn how to be a sound engineer amongst your other jobs? <laughs> well, uh, Karen, I spent uh, a lot of time just learning kind of as I went. Uh, never really sat down to learn how to be an engineer, a sound engineer. Uh-huh. Just kind of picked up a little bit here and there at my old church and then here at my new church. And, uh, you know, and then with a little bit of help from uh, some other people that knew more about uh, running the soundboard, I just kind of picked it up along the way. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, so it looks really big. It looks really imposing. Um, explain just the process. I know you've talked to me a little bit beforehand about having several channels uh, of voices and music and, and how those go together. Uh, explain to our audience kind of what you're having to deal with uh, for every performance. I know you do a Facebook Live performance right now. Uh, what? How does that work? Yeah, so really the job of the sound engineer is to make the final output of the sound sound really great, mm-hmm. right? So here at the church, what we're doing is putting on a, uh, a worship service, and that involves people speaking, and that involves people playing music and even singing, right? Mm-hmm. So they might be playing some instruments, and they might also be singing. And so what we're doing is each one of those different things are hooked up to a different channel. So we have two different pastors um, who each have their own microphone, and so each one of those is considered a different channel, a different sound channel. Mm-hmm. And then we might have a keyboard playing, electronic piano that's hooked into its own channel, and then let's say a guitar hooked up in, into its own channel, and then someone leading the singing might be a completely different channel. Even if it's like the guitar player, mm-hmm. he's going to be speaking into a microphone, and the microphone and the guitar are on two different sound channels. Oh my right? goodness, wow. So now all of those channels are gonna end up at the sound board. And the sound board is this device that has a different volume control for each one of the individual channels. Okay. So now I can adjust, make the keyboard a little bit softer or make the guitar a little bit louder or turn up the mic on one pastor and turn down the mic on another pastor. If one of the, the pastors speaks very loudly and the other one speaks very softly, I can kind of adjust those so that maybe the sound comes out pretty much the same. And then when when uh, we're singing a song, you have the the person sing that's leading the song. You have two different instruments, so you want all those to blend nicely. Mm-hmm. You don't want the mm-hmm. voice to be way super loud, and then you can barely hear the instruments. You want to hear have everything at the at sort of a, an even sound level, something that sounds good to the the user who's going to be listening to it. So that's really what the sound engineer is responsible for, making sure that. All the sounds kind of blend in properly. Mm-hmm. Nothing's too loud or too soft. It's probably one of those things that a lot of us take for granted, but we're not doing it. And there's yeah. a little little pressure back there. There we, is. Sometimes people only notice something is wrong. They only notice when something is wrong, I right. should say, right? right. Uh, they just expect things to be good. Uh, Patrick, will you talk a little bit about the preparation? I know that in the moment you're doing these things, but mm-hmm. I know that you don't just go in and sit down five minutes before the service begins and go, okay, I've got this. Talk about some of the things that you have to do to, to prepare for that service. Yeah, really the most important part of the job is the preparation. So we usually get here about an hour before the service starts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and from Sunday to Sunday, we might have different musicians, different people speaking, different microphones that we use. 
And so we have to get all that kind of squared away and organized as to who's on which channels um, and what they're going to be doing. And then we do a sound check with them. I'll say to the organist, you know, or the pianist, hey, go ahead and play me some, play a sound, a, a song or something so I can kind of hear what the level is and go ahead and adjust it before the service ever starts. Okay, so you and, anticipate kind of what it's going to be. Yeah, I do that for each one of the different channels so that I kind of got everybody at the right level and, you know, hey, go ahead and sing a song with all the instruments in there. And I can go ahead and sort of adjust the sound right now before the service ever starts so I'm not having to make big drastic adjustments adjustments during the service, just little tweaks here and there. Okay, okay. And then also, I'm guessing you're if, if you're doing a Facebook Live type thing, uh, you're having to time things as well. So you're there. that may not be as tough as the actual sound part, but it, it just reminds me that you're going to have to be mindful if we're paying for a certain amount of time that, that they want you to start and finish at a certain time, and so things can't go over. How do you regulate that yourself? Well, um, because it's Facebook Live, we really don't have any limitations on how long it goes. Okay, okay. Um, so that's not really an issue for us, but for certain things, it, it might be an issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that kind of gets into more advanced sound engineering where you might actually have a microphone where you can speak to someone who's performing and tell them, hey, we need to cut this out or we need to hurry up or that kind of thing. But that's kind of really more an advanced thing. We don't do that here at the church. Okay. We just okay. kind of let it go okay. you know, as, as it goes. And just have a general general idea. Um, I work with folks with disabilities and I'm always trying to figure out different kinds of professions that maybe people don't think about that they might could do. And, and this popped into my head, uh, watching you do this, watching you do it well. And um, it occurred to me while you were sitting back there, hey, someone in a wheelchair could do this really easily and it'd be just a non-issue for, for the sitting down type of thing or someone with a, a, a gait impairment or whatever that really doesn't need to be standing much. That is certainly taken care of. You're not Absolutely. moving uh, at all, really, other than where you, you sit down and, and have everything right around you within your grasp. Um I know you've also mentioned the obvious that you kind of need a good ear. Talk a little bit about that and, 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 and why you think that's important and what would make a great potential sound engineer. Yeah, I think that um, it, it seems to me like if you really enjoy listening to music and you can kind of pick out, you know, what, when something really sounds good um, and when something sounds bad, that's really probably the, the most important qualification. You just need to be able to listen um, so you, you certainly probably could not have a hearing impediment. That's probably right. the, the biggest uh, one that I can think of that might prevent you from doing this job well. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as you can hear well and you can kind of um, listen to, you know, different voices and different instruments happening at the same time mm -hmm. and be able to realize, oh, I can barely hear the piano, so I need to turn that up. Mm -hmm. Or this person sounds too loud, I need to turn that down. Uh, I think that's really the only uh, skill that you're going to need. And then you're just going to have, you know, a few buttons and levers to push on the soundboard mm -hmm. to adjust things. And so you want to be able to adjust things, you know, slowly or quickly or whatever you might need to do for that. What that. you need to do. Right. And then I noticed you do wear headphones. And is that just to focus in on everything and eliminate the distractions? Yeah, the headphones is really the key um, so that you can block out all the noise and, and even the sounds that are coming from the stage, let's say. And just listen to what's happening, uh, like coming from the soundboard. And that okay. gives you the best indication of when you need to turn something up or down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so if someone is um, just kind of looking forward for someone who might be listening, if they're really interested in doing this type of thing, my guess is your local church, 
uh, volunteering, maybe to sit next to someone like you or possibly your local school who's doing theater productions, that sort of thing. Those are the first things that come to my mind that maybe if you want to do this without investing any money, really, that, that just sitting in and, and being kind of an apprentice might be the best way to go to find out if you even like it at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, talking to your local church would be an outstanding way to approach it. Um, you're going to have people there that know how to do everything and are experienced, and I think they'd be you know, overjoyed to be able to teach you how to do this. Mm-hmm. I know I would. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the basics of doing it is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And once you, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to where you can just kind of get started with the basics and then you kind of graduate. There's more complexities to it. There's more things that you can do with a soundboard, but those are things that you can just kind of learn as you go. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's a, it's a, that would be a great way to learn to just volunteer at your local church mm-hmm. and then go from there. And then I, I do know that there in Texas, at least there are a handful uh, of universities that have certain mm-hmm. certification programs. If, if someone gets started on the local level and they do their local church, their local school, and decide, hey, this is really my thing, uh, that they could eventually go to school. But I think the, the great thing from our conversation today is, guess what? It doesn't cost you a dime to decide if you, you might like this industry. And that's a wonderful thing. There's no investment other right. than your time. Yeah, you can just get started very easily and then you know, if you really get into it and you feel like you want more, then you can seek out. There's all kinds of ways to get good education on it out there. I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube videos even out there you yeah. can get started with. And yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I so appreciate you visiting with us. I think you've enlightened a lot of people, including myself, about how the process works. Uh, it looks complicated, but it's nice to know that, um, you know, everything is right there. It's just a learning process and it builds on itself. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Patrick. Oh, I appreciate my, it. My pleasure. All right.